0: This is the the first Thursday of February, and typically it's a music and and prayer night here in our fellowship. And what we uh, are going to be doing this year, instead of having the first Thursday given exclusively to music and prayer, they'll be rather occasional throughout the year in 2021. But uh, this is a very unique gathering because. As has already been mentioned by Pastor Ryan, we are anticipating already the season of Lent. And we are taking the next two Thursdays, this week and then next week, to really what we're calling a, a series in preparation for Lent. Sometimes we find a very important season of our life just right upon us and we haven't really prepared for it. And what we want to do tonight and next week is take some time just to consider some spiritual practices that we feel will add great meaning to the season of Lent. What is Lent? Well, it's it's on the church calendar every year. It's a, a season about six weeks prior to Easter. This year, it's February 17th to April 1st, which is Monday Thursday, the day before Good Friday. And in this six-plus-week period... It's a time to really draw near to the Lord. A part of it is is really looking at denying oneself uh, certain things and and seeking the Lord in a more, I I think, specific way. And so uh, we are really excited about this because of the invitation that we have from the Lord to draw near to him. And so... Tonight we're going to be looking at the spiritual discipline of prayer and I think all of us have some conception of what prayer is and we're going to talk about that and and perhaps it will just be a reinforcement to things that you have learned in your spiritual journey. For others it could be some new information that we hope you will find helpful. Next week we're going to be looking specifically at the spiritual discipline of fasting what is fasting? What isn't fasting? What did Jesus say about fasting? Is fasting still for, uh, for 2021, the 21st century, is it? And so we're going to look at that just a little bit starting next week. My goal for the season of Lent in my life is that I would have more meaningful conversations with the Father in prayer. And I pray that even in the next two weeks, that there will be something that will take hold in your heart that will be really a motivation for you to look at this season of Lent in in a very personal way, a very applicable way where you can really focus on your spiritual life and the opportunity that we have to seek the Lord in a fresh, in a personal way. So tonight's teaching is simply this, an invitation to a confident persistent prayer life really would like to begin with uh, our, our first point this evening in the teaching is simply this an invitation to ask an invitation to ask to me it's amazing that the creator of the universe with unlimited resources invites us to ask of him Think about that for just a moment, and we're going to look at some specific places in Scripture where we're invited to to ask of this God, the creator of all, the heavens and the earth. As we'll learn and look at a little bit later, everything good in creation has come from him. So bountiful resources, and he invites us to ask for his help, ask in a time of need, ask in a in a, maybe a, a dream or vision that we have for our life that hasn't happened yet. But we have this invitation to ask of God. There are several stories in scripture we could look at that illustrate this truth. One such story is found in the Older Testament in a book called First Kings. First and Second Kings, really, it's an amazing read because it's a story of kings of Israel and then in time, kings of Judah, and hearing their stories, what kings did well, what kings uh, didn't do things so well, and just how leadership in a nation uh, responded to that opportunity that they had to lead a, a growing, vibrant nation. In First Kings, in the portion of scripture we're going to look at first, King David has just died, and his son Solomon is just on the precipice of becoming the king of Israel, the, really just the, the third king. There was King Saul, King David, and now there will be King Solomon. And we pick up the text, 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5, uh, rather what I would call intimate conversation that Solomon has with God. Imagine that, just not impressions from God, actually words that are being exchanged here. Starting in verse 5 of 1 Kings 3, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. It's almost like rubbing the genie lamp, right? Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this very... Great kindness to him, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. And here's his request. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life, or wealth, for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands As David your father did, I will give you a long life. This is just one example of God inviting one of his children, albeit a king, in training if you will, to ask for whatever you want me to give you. Those are the exact words of God. Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now Acts 10.34 informs us that God does not show favoritism or partiality because you may be listening to that and say, well, yeah, that was a unique situation. This is like the king of Israel and, and God, they're having this conversation. And so uh, that's very unique that 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 God in this very special moment would, would give this invitation to Solomon to make this request. But what we learn throughout Scripture is that Uh, as the old saying goes God is no respecter of persons he is not partial he doesn't show favoritism again if you want to look that up it's Acts 10 34 in other words any person any time can reach out to God and ask him whatever they desire what is in their heart to ask of God which is good news for us in 2021 right it's like you Me, we can just ask God for what we need, for what we desire, and we have this invitation because God does not show favoritism. What Solomon asked God, please God, and this is an important part of our asking, that that what we desire aligns with what God desires. This is what we call praying in the will of God or the pleasure of God. The ideal prayer that we would pray is when we state our request that it matches God's pleasure for our lives. We learn that God was so pleased with what Solomon asked that he gave him wealth and honor in addition to wisdom. Now, in chapter 11 of Luke's gospel, Jesus, one day, extends a similar invitation to his followers. Jesus says this, starting at Luke 11, verse 9. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone, it says. Jesus says, the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Jesus is giving an invitation here to all of mankind, all of humanity. Ask the Lord. Ask him, anyone, and receive. And this invitation has no expiration date. It wasn't just for one generation. It's for all generations, all people, all ethnicities. God loves all the people of the earth. Talk about equality. God is their original um, you know, voice in terms of uh, equality for all people. Everyone, Come. God's resources are unlimited, and as we ask, it is important that we have faith in God's heart for us, which leads us to our second point tonight, second of three points, the confidence to believe, and specifically to believe in God's goodness. Our family right now is is in the middle of a six-week run of birthdays. We have five birthdays in our family to celebrate from January 26 to March 6. We used to have three birthdays to celebrate. And then Ryan joined our family. We had four birthdays to celebrate. And then our granddaughter, Rosie, was born in February. So now we have five. We have put a cap on it, any prospective spouses of our daughters, We've asked that they not have a birthday (laughs) between January 26th and March 6th, if at all possible. Now, of course, if they fall in love, they can't change their birthday, right? So uh, we we recognize that. And if it's the right guy, then we're, we're cool. We'll just add another, you know, number six in the birthday run. So we do a lot of gift giving not too long after Christmas And I think we're pretty good. at. I think John and I are pretty good at giving gifts. We haven't had any complaints, at least, uh, none that have got back to us about the gifts that we have given. So I think we're pretty good gift givers. And we enjoy giving gifts. We enjoy seeing the faces of, Ryan just had a birthday, and we enjoyed very much seeing his face light up when he opened his presents. That was great joy for us. But the Bible tells us that there is one who is actually better than parents, earthly parents, human parents, at gift giving. In Matthew seven eleven, Jesus said, if you then, though you are evil, well, okay, so what does that mean? What is Jesus saying? Though you are evil, is he calling all parents evil? Well, what this really means is though you are flawed. And we, we would have to go back to the story of adam and eve and how sin entered the world and how everybody who is um who is human has had to deal with flaws and if you think you're you're if you're tuning in think well that's not me i'm perfect then that my friend would be your flaw that you think you're perfect okay and so we, we recognize that we're flawed people and so jesus says I'll just read that. If you then, though you are flawed, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts if you ask? A parallel passage in Luke eleven eleven specifies that good gifts equates with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you might be disappointed in that. It's like, oh, well, I was hoping for a car, a house, or a new wardrobe, or whatever it might be, good gifts. Well, think about the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives comfort, guidance, discernment, counsel, empowerment. Gifts that you can't put a price tag on is what the Holy Spirit brings into our life. And there's no limit to the good gifts God gives to his children. It's not just exclusively the Holy Spirit. We learn about this in James 1.17. The half-brother of Jesus, James, writes this. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Everything good in our life Everything that we would consider a perfect gift is from God the Father. This perfect Father, everything good, which includes the Holy Spirit, but it's not limited to the Holy Spirit in our life. The unchanging giver of good and perfect gifts, this is our God. And we can have supreme confidence that as we respond to the invitation to ask, it is in his good heart to lavish us with the best of gifts, gifts that will not decay. So we've established that God is good and desires to bless his children, but could there be an action beyond this, on our part, beyond faith, that could move the heart of God to help us? So it's one thing to have faith in God to help us but could there be another kind of intangible that we can learn about from scripture that would inform us in terms of our prayer life well I believe there is and we're calling this our third point the tenacity to persist the tenacity to persist again we look at Luke's gospel and Luke shares two stories that Jesus told that instruct us about prayer and specifically the importance of not giving up. The first story is from Luke chapter 11, verses five through eight. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine On a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship. Yet, because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. In this story, it wasn't friendship that caused the friend to give the bread. It was the shameless audacity of the asked. Like, I can't believe you're so bold asking this of me. At midnight, my kids are tucked in. I'm in bed. It's midnight. You're knocking on my door. I don't know what you're doing here, and in this moment, you're not really a friend. What friend does this? But because of your shameless audacity, I'm gonna go ahead and give you the bread. This story tells us that not only are we invited to ask of God, but we are invited to make bold, audacious, shameless requests of God. Outside the box kind of requests at any time, day or night. The midnight prayer here, but anytime, day or night. Because of his shameless audacity, he got what he was asking for. Then later in Luke's gospel, chapter 18, we see a most compelling story. And and this is one that uh, has really been a blessing to me through the years in a personal way. Luke 18, starting in verse 1. It's kind of long, so this is just sit back, relax, and listen to a story. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused but finally he said to himself even though I don't fear God or care what people think yet because this widow keeps bothering me I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me and the Lord said listen to what the unjust judge says and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? The widow, she kept coming and coming and coming. And she kept asking and asking and asking some more. Literally wearing down the judge. To me, this is an invitation As Jesus said himself, this is a story about praying and not giving up. And I believe we have an invitation to bother God by relentless, persistent prayer until the answer comes. Through the season of Lent, but actually starting this week, beginning tonight, I would love for you to join me in taking Jesus up on the invitation to ask, to have confidence in his goodness, in the goodness of God, and then to pray and pray and pray some more. I believe, it's in my heart, as I've prepared, as i prayed for tonight, I believe with all of my heart that through this season of Lent, through season of fasting and prayer, up until Easter, that God is going to give breakthroughs for people. God is going to bring answers to some things that you have been really trusting God for and hoping for for a long time. Because we are praying, unified, and praying in the will of God according to the very words and actions of Jesus. It'd be one thing if it was just Old Testament stories, but Jesus puts this into really present day, the life of the church, the church that has been going for now 2,000 years. So we have this invitation to, again, bother God. Relentless, persistent prayer until the answer comes. So friends, what do you need? What do you hope for? What dreams has God put in your heart? You can ask with bold confidence knowing that the father's heart beats strong for you. God is the better father. God is the better gift-giver. God is welcoming us to wear him down with our request over and over and over again. And I feel strongly about this and I looking back on my life, I think there are things that I gave up on. Things that I did not that I was asking God for. For maybe, you know, a few weeks, maybe even a few months. And then I just said, well, maybe that's just not, maybe that's just not going to happen. Maybe God just isn't for this. And I just, I had felt prompted in my own spirit as we approach the season of Lent to make a fresh commitment to be a persistent prayer. That I would not give up, that I would follow the examples that we see here, the shameless audacity, this persistent prayer to pray and pray and pray some more and ask and ask some more. And in his time, I believe we'll see some things happen that have not happened yet in our life, in our family life, in the life of our church, in in the city of Boston. So starting tonight, let's keep asking until Easter and then we'll ask some more after Easter, of course, but for this special season of Lent to test God in these promises to be a pest, if you will. I get the sense that God can't resist such persistence from the children that he loves so, so very much.